0: The following program is sponsored by Ron Myers Productions and the Christmas City Gift Show. It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter.
1: Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you. Today is a great day to make it a great day. That's right. We have a choice. We have an attitude. And today's show is about conversations with God. My guest, Sharon Rivas, had a conversation with God. Sharon had an ordinary life. Married with three children. She and her husband, Clark, had good jobs. A healthy family. And everyone was actively involved in their local church. Life was perfect until... God woke up Sharon with the news that her 19-year-old daughter was going to die. Later, the 3 a.m. phone call confirmed her oldest child, Bethany, had been killed. She has written a book called When You Walk Through the Fire, The Bethany Riva Story. Now, this, in some ways, is a sad story, but it is also encouragement. Because, see, the voice, God's voice saved my life at 11 years old, saved me during Hurricane Katrina, spoke to me and encouraged me when I was terminated. Friends, the world was falling apart around us, and you need to hear from someone that is going to confirm that God wants to speak to you. God wants to encourage you. God wants to lead you to the land to where you need to be to understand the times you're going through. He doesn't want you to be fearful. He does not want you to be scared and When you begin a day-to-day, moment-to-moment relationship, conversation with God, your entire life will change forever. You'll start having peace. You'll start having joy. You'll understand that no matter what you see on the outside, it's an illusion because what God has for you is a perfect, wonderful plan. My guest, Sharon Rivas, is going to encourage you, empower you, and I believe, She will give you the desire today to begin that conversation with God and start living the life he created you for. Sharon, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for asking me to speak today.
1: You know, Sharon, your story, it's a touching story. People are going to be encouraged because there are some people right now that are walking through a fire in their life. So I want you to begin and share your story with the listeners.
2: Well, thank you, Ron. Uh, my story matters. Uh, it has touched many lives. I spoke for ten years for Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, uh, but let me tell you, um, as you mentioned, we were a Christian, a devout Christian family. But when my daughter was uh, eighteen, she moved out and moved in with, with her boyfriend and quit going to church and said that she wasn't sure if she believed in God anymore. So that was a cause for concern and. Every morning at 5.30, I would get up and have devotions and pray for her and ask God to bring her back to him, back to her faith. And one night as I was, had really drifted off to sleep, a thought that was so loud in my head woke me up and said, pray for Bethany, pray for Bethany. And uh, it was about 10 o'clock at night. And I said, Oh my goodness, I'm dead tired. Uh, It's Sunday night. I have to get up and go to work tomorrow. Let let me just pray when I have my devotions tomorrow at 530. But the voice was even louder in my head. And it said, roll over on your back. You can't go back to sleep. You need to pray for for, for your daughter. And I said, Why, Lord? What's going on? And he said, I need you to pray to release her soul to me tonight. And I should have realized then that something very, very wrong was going to happen. He said, You've been praying for your daughter to come back to me. Are you willing to allow even suffering and death for me to use even that to bring your daughter back to me? And I said no, but uh, I realized that he was just waiting for me as with free will to to make that decision. And I cried and I wept and I said to myself, Do I want my daughter here with me in life, or do I want to know that her soul is with God and she'll be? you know, forever in eternity with him. And I cried for one hour before I could make a decision. And I finally told God, all right, God, I'm releasing her soul to you. But on one condition, please send someone to hold her and pray with her to her last breath. And then just exhausted from crying, I had cried for one hour, about 11 o'clock when I looked at the clock, when I told God that. And at 3 a.m. the phone rang. It was the hospital. And I said, come immediately to the hospital. Your daughter's been in an accident. And we discovered that she had been killed. And as far as we understood, we thought she had been killed instantly. And I was very, you know, overwhelmed. You know, we thought that she just died immediately in the car crash. A few hours later, um, when we contacted like a police chief, he said, well, actually, did you know that some, uh, a lady resuscitated your daughter and she lived for a few minutes? And that's why we sent a life helicopter out, life flight, thinking that she might live. But then she died a few minutes later. But there was a lady with her. And so I prayed, please, God, give me the, let me know what happened. The next day, our pastor knocked on the door early in the morning. And he said, uh, a lady ordered flowers and said it was imperative that that we get this letter to you that she had written. And it was from the lady who resuscitated my daughter. And she said, I want you to know that I was there holding Mm. and praying with your daughter until her last breath. And she said, I had been getting ready for bed. And God said, stop. I, I need you to do something for me. And it was in March, so it was cold out. She got her her coat, sat out um, on the porch, and uh, she just kept sitting there, not knowing why. And she went out there at ten o'clock and was sitting there till eleven. And at eleven o'clock, she heard a crash. And she had um, she had some medical knowledge and knew how to resuscitate. She jumped in her car. She was already had her coat on, wasn't undressed. She drove to the car to the site. She saw Bethany laying in the road, and the thought in her head said, "Revive that girl and pray with her." And she got out. And she rushed over to her, and at first, you know, she was dead. She took her pulse, and she, you know, was uh, dead. But she resuscitated her, and the thought said, "Pray with this girl. Pray out loud. Pray with her." And so she prayed over her, and as she held her, she told us that she felt. Um, we did. We did have a chance to talk with her later, so I'm giving details that she gave. Even as we met her in person, she said she felt Bethany's soul that she made peace with God, and it went right through her as she held her, and she said, Bethany's soul was at peace. She had made peace with God. And um, so I know that Bethany made it. She made it home uh, to be with God. And uh, for the next 10 years uh, after the trial, we did, there was a trial, but after the trial, it was a drunk driver. And um, I did speak for the next 10 years to, at courthouses, at churches, at many, many schools, and I was even flown to Dallas to speak at a convention. My daughter had said when she was young that she wanted to be a missionary, that her greatest desire was to be a missionary, and this is from her diary, quote, go all over the world telling people about God, unquote. And, you know, when she wandered away from the Lord, I just gave up on that dream for her, and especially when she died. I said, well, that's it. You know, Bethany's dream of being a missionary will never come true going all over the world speaking for God. But when I went to the Dallas convention, it was a Manatech convention, they had people there from countries all over the world, and they had a booth of uh, people translating everything I said. And there were sections of people from Korea, y- you know, uh, where, wherever they were all over the world, Italy, Spain, Africa, you know, it, it, all over, and they had headphones on. And as I told my story, and I saw all the different groups of international people listening to her story, I realized that Bethany's dream had been fulfilled, that they were hearing her story and the story of God uh, ministering to Bethany for people all over the world. Wow! So Bethany, in death, was able to do and accomplish what she had not done in life. And I just praise God. Don't ever give up on a dream. Don't ever give up on someone coming back to God and to their faith. It might happen at the last moment. The last split second, it took that woman to tell me that she felt Bethany's soul go right through her body as it passed and that she knew that she knew that she knew because as she prayed with Bethany, everything, her heart rate, her breathing calmed as she prayed with her and she became very peaceful. And she said, I knew that Bethany was listening and that she had made peace with God and was ready to go home. So God can reach someone in the last moments of their life, in the last breath of their life.
1: Wow, Sharon, I um, really did not know that depth of the story, and my heart breaks. And um, wow, you know, one thing I want to touch on, I think it is so important that people hear how God woke you up and then how he woke this this good Samaritan, this lady up. You knew something was going on with Bethany before you got that call at three o'clock in the morning because of your relationship with God. God is concerned about every single human being on this planet, isn't he?
2: Yes, he is. And in the book, when the editor uh, approached me, I had done a little booklet of um, about the story to send out. My husband was a pastor, and we had pastored uh, other churches. And so I made up some booklets about the story to send to the churches, people, our friends. And someone had given it to an editor of a Christian publishing company. And she said, um, who do you want this book to reach? And she thought I was going to talk about the drunk driving crowd or my Christian brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I said, no, the atheist, <laughs> because there's too many people who don't believe there's a God. And how did I hear God? How did I know that was God's voice that woke me up? It's because I had nurtured a relationship with God. And I tell people it's like a Christmas tree. You could buy a Christmas tree, set it up, put ornaments on it, and even string lights on it. But unless you plug it into the power socket, it doesn't light up. So you can have a Bible, you can even read it, maybe go to church or watch a TV program with an evangelist speaking. But until you get a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you don't have the power, you don't have the connection, you need that relationship. And I had developed that, and I knew it was God talking, and the book is full of miracles, Ron. The book is full of miracles that had transpired over my life, that God had answered over and over and over, till I knew his voice. And I knew when He woke me up that it was serious, that I needed to obey, and I believed. That's why I said, send someone to hold her and pray with her till her last breath, because I believed in my heart that God could do it. And I found out that He did. And it was, you know, just a miraculous story. If readers do get that book, it's also an e-book on Amazon. They will find out that God can meet you and speak with you in the smallest things in life. God doesn't interfere in our lives unless we ask him to help us. Only then does he intervene, which means help. He gives us free will, so he doesn't interfere. But if we ask him for help, Ron, he will intervene and help us in the small things and the big things. And I'm so glad that I nurtured the small things so that when it came time for a big thing, like my daughter's death, I knew that God would be in that situation as well and that he could do the miracles that he did.
1: Sharon, you said something that is so important. It begins with those little baby steps. You have got to be in touch with God in that relationship so much that you will recognize his voice, because as you said, there are people right now that have been in church their whole life, but they wouldn't recognize God's voice because they've never spent time with God other than on Sunday if we want God to speak to us and and warn us and and encourage us in our life, it is a day-to-day, minute-to-minute relationship, isn't it? Yes, it is. What kind of feedback are you hearing from uh, people that have read the book?
2: Oh, my goodness. It's staggering. I have people uh, who have emailed me and have emailed the editor that uh, they were devout atheists. And after reading my book, they could no longer hold that opinion. I had someone tell me, I've been an atheist all my life. And now that I've read your book, I don't know what to do. It has completely upturned uh, my worldview. And now I'm having to decide what I'm going to do about it. It happened to be a man at work. At the time, I worked at a construction firm. So there's a lot of tough tough people that had a lot of uh, foul language going on. (laughs) But this one person said, I don't know what to do about it, Sharon. I I, I need to think about it. And uh, I ended up leaving that company and, um, uh, you know, going on to another position, better position. But I notice now we're friends on Facebook, and he posts things about God all the time. So I know that at some point, he went from being an atheist to now being a very devout believer. We've had emails from people in 20 different countries who have either read it online, and they all say that it changed their lives. And young people who read it, and when I talk to them about the drunk driving issue, uh, one time I had a young man who um, was a waiter in a restaurant, and when we gave the credit card, he said, oh, Rebus. He said, I thought you looked familiar. Are you Bethany's mom? And I said, yes. How, How do you know about Bethany? He said, you spoke in my high school two years ago. And at the time, I was hungover. I had been to a party and drinking till late in the night. And he said, I was hungover, but I saw your slide, you know, your PowerPoint of Bethany and heard her story. And I want you to know that I have not had a drink of alcohol since, and it's been two years. And my mother would hug you because I was a lost cause. They had grounded me and disciplined me. But it was your daughter's story that got me to change my life, and I haven't had a drop of liquor since. So I know that her story... Is reaching
1: people. Sharon, that little missionary, Bethany, is actively working right now on this radio show, the podcast, and in your book. And your unselfishness in releasing her that night when God was speaking to you now has literally touched hundreds, maybe thousands of people across the world, hasn't it?
2: Yes, she is the missionary. She has fulfilled that dream.
1: We're going to take a break and Sharon, when we come back, I want you to be thinking about that atheist that's listening right now. And what is it that God would have you say to he or she right after the break? Okay.
0: All right. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Drifting is a word that brings many images to mind. It may also be a word that describes how you feel about your life. You can be financially successful or seem to have your act together, but you're still looking for meaning. This drifting feeling affects people of all ages and at all stages of life. There's a reason we feel that way. We're disconnected from God, and that means we're off course in our life journey. When we live our lives without God, we both drift and make decisions that are sinful. That sin has separated us from God, and only Jesus can provide a way back. And he did just that when he died on the cross to remove the guilt and pay the penalty for our sin and wandering. Only through Jesus can you find direction, forgiveness, and eternal life. Call or text us at 888-NEED-HIM to learn more. That's 888-NEED-HIM.
1: back, listeners, and I hope you are getting an appetite to have a conversation with God today. My guest today is Sharon Rivas, and she has written a book called Walking Through the Fire, the Bethany Rivas story. Sharon, right now there are some naysayers, some doubters, some atheists that are listening. You have an opportunity to speak to them. What would you say?
2: Well, two things. Please read this story because there's so many miracles that are beyond coincidence. They're providence and there's a difference. They're just absolutely beyond the pale of coincidence. So please read the the, um, story. But also, because we have free will, God, as I said earlier, does not interfere in our lives. So somebody can say to me, I've never heard God speak, but that is because you've never asked him a question. Please ask him, and allow him to answer it, and start that communication, start that relationship with him.
1: In my book, I talk about the voice that saved me many times, and a lot of people look at me or think, "Boy, that guy's a little kooky." He he talks with God, <laughs> and, and and it
2: will be a it's a thought that's not your own. Yes, <clears throat> you can ask a question that you don't know the answer to, and he'll give you the answer. It may be a thought in your head, or the next magazine article that you pick up and read something you hear on the radio uh, or even in a song will minister to you, but you know that you know that you know that God is answering you.
1: Absolutely. At least when you hear from God, it may not be necessarily what you want to hear, but he will speak truth to you with love and grace, won't he?
2: Yes, absolutely. And that's how you know it's not you telling yourself something when it's something that you didn't even want to hear or expect to hear, or it's different than what you would normally think or do. Um, But believe me, that thought that's not your own will communicate. I've had conversations back and forth with that thought that's responding. It is real if you allow it. Again, because of free will, we have to allow it and say, I want to start a conversation with you, God, and he will.
1: Sharon, what would you tell the person that has given up hope? They are just simply hopeless.
2: Well, the worst fear that you can imagine, at least that I had always imagined, was losing a child. That was the one thing that I thought I could never face, and yet I did face that, but it was with God's supernatural, unbelievable, I say supernatural strength and comfort that he afforded our family, and all the miracles that began happening uh, before her death, as I just talked about, but after. There were many miracles that happened afterwards that confirmed us that he was still helping Bringing us messages of comfort and hope, it was it was amazing that kind of strength. So whatever it is you're going through, an illness or a job situation or even a fear that you have that you might lose a loved one, I can tell you that if you have a relationship with God, when the worst possible things happen, you lose a job, um, then God provides a better one. An illness, God can do. I've had healing. I've had healing in my life of, of illnesses that the doctor said couldn't, you know, <laughs> wouldn't be healed. And they were, whether he heals us or stops the tragedy from happening or helps us through it, helps us get through it and l- turns that test into a testimony. then Either way, if we are, have that relationship with God and we say, God, no matter what happens, I trust you. And I did lose my daughter that night. At first, I prayed, God, please don't let her die. Please don't let her die. But then I said, not my will, but yours, God. Not my will, but thine be done. And in allowing that, then, you know, it was an hour that I prayed until she, and that was when the wreck finally happened, was after I said, all right, God, it's in your hand. At 11 o'clock, the accident occurred. And it was after I had finished saying, all right, God, I, I, I give her to you. She didn't die in that wreck for one hour as I prayed, trying to make up my mind. But but I did learn that she would have been severely injured and probably would have been a vegetable the rest of her life if she hadn't died. And so in depth, as I said, she's been a missionary and been able to reach many lives. Sharon, I would
1: just love for you to tell maybe one of your favorite stories about Bethany as she was growing up in that. So we can kind of get a picture of this precious, beautiful child of yours.
2: Oh, I would love to. Uh, when she was young, she was very, very close to God as well and would always pray. And um this one time uh, we had been in a car accident. It was prior to the holidays. Um, and, and our attorney, through all the, you know, getting the money from the insurance company, he said, now they're going to be closed over the holidays. You're not going to get that check until after January 1st. And we were a little tight on funds. And uh, Bethany knew that. And uh, we said it was, we kind of hinted that it was going to be a, a, a very slim Christmas that year. And so we came home, I came home from work and she was sitting on the porch and she said, Mom, I've prayed and I asked God to have that check come before Christmas. I, I, we need that check tomorrow. <laughs> and um, so uh, and God has reassured me that he'll get that check to us tomorrow. I said, oh, honey, no, no, the offices are going to be closed, remember? And it takes like 30 days to process or whatever. So we're not going to get that for a few weeks. She goes, Well, I asked God and he said that. I had great faith and I had asked him for this, that he would provide. And I, you know, I felt so bad because I didn't want God to fail her. But the phone rang that evening and the attorney said, this has never happened to me. I've been an attorney for 30 years. This has never happened. They've never taken less than, you know, three to four weeks to process a claim or whatever it was. It was, you know, um, several weeks. And he said, and they've done it in 48 hours. You can pick up the check at my office tomorrow. (laughs) And we picked it up and we went and bought Christmas gifts. she said, see, I told you God would come through. And that was her kind of faith, and in some ways, wow. she taught me. She taught me great lessons of faith. I know that she came back. You know, when she was in that last, those last moments, she knew who to call out to. She knew that God was there, waiting, like the prodigal son. You know, the father waiting at the end of the road for her to come home. And I know she ran to him, Amen. and he gathered her into his arms and said, "Welcome home, Bethany."
1: Yeah. Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Somebody out there listening that has a prodigal daughter or son that has not come back. You're giving them a little bit of hope, Uh, Sharon, anything you want to say to them?
2: Well, just don't give up because I didn't know till a few months later after we met the lady that she gave me the details about holding Bethany and the prayer and feeling Bethany make peace with God. And, you know, her soul was free when it left. And um, so as I say, um, God can reach someone in the very last second of their last breath, even a suicide. Uh, the last thought that goes through their mind may be, "God help me," Amen, or "I'm sorry," or um, "God, into your spirit, you know, into your hands I commit my spirit." Do not give up. We don't know the final story until we get to the other side because God is there in the last seconds of someone's life, loving them, caring for them, and calling them to Him.
1: Listeners, the title of the book is When You Walk Through the Fire. Sharon, where do listeners get a copy of your book?
2: Uh, it is available on Amazon, and there's also an ebook that you can get uh, through Amazon on Kindle.
1: And listeners, if you need a faith lift, this is the book to read because this will give you not only faith, but you'll begin a conversation with God, Sharon, I want to ask you this. How do I get through the fire that I'm walking through right now? Please give me some advice.
2: Well, make sure that God is going through the fire with you, just like the children in the fiery furnace in the Bible. Uh, they were in the furnace, and the king looked in and said, but I see a fourth man uh, in white who's with them. And as you know the story, they were not burned, you know their hair singed, and uh, they lived. It doesn't mean that you'll never be in the fire. But if you have God with you, then you can withstand the fire.
0: Wow.
1: Sharon, I just have so much respect and love for what you, for you and for what you're doing and little Bethany missionary across the world. And I'm so glad that you were able to share her story with me and my listeners listeners. This is a powerful story, share this podcast, share this radio show with other people and Sharon, God bless you, and is there anything you'd like to say, please do?
2: Well, I'm just, uh, I am just encourage people to listen to this podcast and to read Ron Meyer's book. That book inspired me and touched me. I tell you, I couldn't put it down, Ron. Oh, really? And, um, oh, my goodness. Uh, your book is just as encouraging and inspirational as <laughs> you know mine is about miracles and uh, about tragedy and God getting us through the trials. So, yeah. Uh, anyone out there listening, get Ron Myers book because it is phenomenal and has many miracles and, and hearing God's voice. And um, even your attempt as a child, you know, I guess the listeners, I don't know if they know about your suicide attempt and hearing that voice and being rescued. So his book is uh, a page turner.
1: Sharon, that's very kind of you to say about my book. Well, Sharon, God bless you. And thank you for sharing Bethany's story with the world. That little missionary is touching people right this very minute. I'll talk to you again real soon.
2: Thank you, Ron. Thank you so much.
1: Well, friends, my time is up. A copy of today's program is on my website, thepromoter.org. The book is called When You Walk Through the Fire, The Bethany Reva Story. I'll be back next week with another inspirational story on Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Get the hell out of your life.
0: Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life, real
2: people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.